the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Start it off, that's your Tuesday. Unfortunately for Longhorn baseball fans and, of course, the team, they're headed back to Austin, not to Omaha. I guess they would have come home first on their way to Omaha, but coming home for good. That's how baseball go, I guess. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains, and sometimes you lose the ball in the lights or in the twilight, as it were. Uh, we'll hear from David Pierce coming up uh, disappointed after the game, but uh, proud of his team. Also, we'll start uh, turning our attention, Buck, with the NBA Finals in the books and uh, the Longhorn season over. U.S. Open. U.S. Open and golf teeing off on oh, yeah. Thursday morning out in the uh Let them know Beverly you need to get Hills. those buck-ons and buck-offs in. Yeah, Beverly Hills, California area. Yeah, get your buck-ons and buck-offs in. We'll remind you about that coming up. Also coming up, the uh, NFL has issued a list of uh, six Main rules for players when it comes to gambling and not gambling in the NFL if you don't want to get crossed with the National Football League, which is becoming more and more of a problem. We'll also let you know how you can provide your buck off for Thursday. But I was looking at this, uh, John Bodenheimer, buck of the uh, USGA, the chief of the U.S. Golf Association, talking about the Los Angeles Country Club where they will play the U.S. Open. That's a beauty, too. Oh, man, and lovely Beverly Hills, California. Wow. Safe to I'd like to see that membership nice list. nice hotels behind. Oh, no, those aren't hotels. Those are condos. That it's right behind their main yeah, you'll see headquarters. A, you'll see a house that you think is a is a hotel that really is the the, the Aaron Spelling Mansion. Yeah, and the Aaron Spelling who There's created some all houses. The you keep thinking that are are the uh, the clubhouse. No, no, those are the, houses. Those are just houses. Those Playboy Mansion too. Playboy yeah. Mansion's behind the 13th Green, I believe. Yeah, it's a nice nice area of town. Uh, but the uh, the USJ chief said if we get conditions that we hope for and the weather cooperates and we get bounciness and firm fast conditions. We think the best players in the world will rise to the top. At this place, when the ball hits the ground, it will go all over the place. Well, it's got a wide fairways. But they're, sh- they're, they're, they're sloped. He says you must shape your ball in certain ways to keep it on the fairway. One that slopes right to left or left to right, you have to hit it in the right side of the gr- or to keep it in the fairway. Players will have to think their way around this course, and the player that does that and does their homework will do better. Strategic nuances coming their way Thursday for the United States Open. Hmm. Tougher the course usually favors a guy named Brooks Kepka. Yes. Just saying. And our man Scotty Scheffler has been the best player in the world, tee to green, this year, and one of the best ever, historic, how good he's been tee to the green, but then he struggles on the green, which can be a problem at the U.S. Open. The greens are typically very difficult. So The rough isn't as thick as it was last week even. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get it. Los Angeles, the scenery is going to be very nice there. Very nice. Absolutely. Uh, should be fun. So that's that's coming up Thursday. We've got a lot to do and discuss from last night. As we get you going on this Tuesday morning, we'll get to those top stories coming. First, the news, headline, trending topic. UBO Business Services and, yeah, college baseball. A pretty epic Super Regional Final. Quite a game in Palo Alto last night. Unfortunately for Texas, it ended on the agonizing side and with an inexplicable ending uh, to the game and to the Longhorn season. It was Texas and Stanford. Winner advances to Omaha Game 3. 
Went back and forth. Stanford jumped out early. 3-0 lead. Drew Bowser hit another home run. That's three straight games in the second. Horns, though, responded. Three spot of their own with a two-out rally in the fourth inning. Cardinal immediately added three more in the bottom of the fourth to retake that lead. And that lead hauled all the way until the eighth inning when Texas again rallied. Peyton Powell, a big double to score a couple. Then a big two-out single from Dylan Campbell nodded the game at six. That's where we were in the ninth inning when Texas ace Lucas Gordon had come out of the bullpen and he had a couple runners on board, but two outs in the inning there to... Uh, and he coaxed a high sky uh, fly ball from Stanford's Drew Bowser that really should have ended the inning. Sent the game to extra frames, but neither center fielder Eric Kennedy nor right fielder Dylan Campbell saw the ball off the bat, could locate the ball in the twilight, and uh, it fell in for a walk-off winner. Stanford claims the 7-6 win, brings the Longhorn season to an end for an obviously disappointed head coach, David Pierce. Kids just battled their tails off all year, and you told me March 15th that we would have opportunity to go to Omaha in a one-game winner-take-all. I'd take it any day, but at the same time, I hate the way we lost the game. You know, just losing the ball in the lights and right in the center of twilight just wasn't meant to be, I guess. Absolutely. More from David Pierce coming up in our Coach's Corner. NBA, after 56 years as a franchise, including the last 47 as a member of the NBA, the Denver Nuggets are finally champions. Nuggets battled through a sluggish first three quarters and held off a furious Jimmy Butler-fueled comeback to hold on and close out the NBA Finals in five games. 94-89, win caps a 16-4 march through the playoffs for the Nuggets. Impressive all the way through, led by their 28-year-old Serbian superstar Nikola Jokic. And the two-time league MVP now adds NBA Finals MVP to his Sterling resume. He takes the Bill Russell Trophy there. The Young Nuggets have already opened as the odds favorite to win next year's title as well. Next up for the NBA on the calendar is the draft a week from Thursday. Spurs are on the clock, followed by free agency in July. Major League Baseball last night, first place Rangers returned home for some home cooking and then ran into Shohei Otani and the LA Angels. Otani homered twice and led the Halos to a 14-inning comeback, 9-6 victory. Otani now needs the, leads the American League with 20 home runs. And surprising from uh, the world of college softball, just days after leading Oklahoma to a third straight national title, ace pitcher Jordy Ball announced she is transferring back to her home state. She's going to play at Nebraska next season. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. And that's interesting. She'd go back after winning a, a national Two. championship. Two of them, yeah. Well, she, uh, she wants to go home. NIL deal must be nice back at the house. Well, she said she was homesick. Ah. Mrs. Nebraska. I mean, away for that many years, and then all of a sudden now you're homesick. Huh? Well, you did go from Nebraska to Oklahoma. It's, yeah, I've, I've been to Norman. Scenic. So, well, you said it at IL, though. She's, she's a, you know. I've been to Lincoln, sh- too. I mean, that ain't, you're not. Well, she's obviously a hometown hero, and uh, that can be lucrative. Yeah, that's a, that. yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> can be. You for know, sure, for sure. absolutely. She's, a, you know, everybody in that town knows her. I mean, it's like, you know, that's. You're absolutely right. And if you're an Oklahoma fan, if you're a Longhorn fan, you're like, okay, we don't have to face her anymore. Um, at, at Oklahoma, but uh, now she'll be Nebraska. That's right, because they are a softball school. Without a doubt. Oh, get another girl. Without oh, somebody, a doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Next up. Next up, yeah. Uh, but, yes, and she won, She helped them win a couple national titles. So bid her farewell, and uh, thanks a lot for the uh, performance. And, yeah, Longhorn performance, just as I said off the top of the show, just very frustrating because it felt like, in my mind, and uh, y'all can disagree. I just felt like the momentum was in the Longhorn dugout at the time. It felt like it was in Stanford's dugout for most of the night. You know, seven innings in, it you know, a six to three to game, and you're thinking, okay, and Longhorns are running out of outs here, um, and, and this is not looking good. But uh, as they've done all year, Texas was gritty and rallied and found a way. 
Um, you know, Longhorns went. You know, uh, Jared Thomas left the bases loaded in the in the uh, fifth inning. Mm-hmm. That was a big miss. And then they had another opportunity in the sixth. But uh, come the eighth, they they rallied and got to that Stanford bullpen, which was kind of the mission going in. And uh, you know, between that and Dylan Campbell throwing out the runner at third base with the beautiful. Uh, just what an unbelievable arm that young guy's got. That was number one on Sports Center top ten. This had morning. to be, had to be. That's like Dave Parker kind of stuff. That's the Cobra from right field, deep right field, for falling away and throw a strike like that. To, I mean, that wasn't a slow runner, by the way. That was a pretty speedy runner that he gunned down. That was awesome. So the um, the momentum was there, and and obviously the momentum would have even grown if you know Dylan Campbell would have squeezed that ball in right field. Uh, because the Longhorns, you know, o- avoided the the walk off home run scenario that it looked like it was about to be when uh, Rios hit the hit the liner that off the bat everybody thought was a home run to walk it off. Instead, it hits the bottom of the wall. It's a double, and um, you know, you pitched out of that jam and you you lived to to play another inning. I, you know, the Longhorns would have run to the dugout and um, just feel like the momentum was there. There's no guarantee of what would have happened from there, but you had to feel pretty good about the situation if you were the Longhorns. And in the end, no, we saw what happened. The ball fell, and what can you do? That's sometimes you lose the ball in the the twilights, and that's tough. That's yeah, sports. I was kind of panicky right off the the ball off the bat. I'm like, okay, somebody's looking at they're looking at each other, and nobody's really actually. Where is the ball landing here, Gav? It was closer to Dylan Campbell, but oh yeah, it was I like mean, 15 feet from. Oh yeah. Him. So I saw when someone text in that they have some kind of like environmental environmentally friendly lights there. LED lighting, yes. Softer lighting in, in California. Well, look, that's home field advantage. I mean, that's just, they, they play in that, you don't. That's what you want. That's why you want to host a regional. And certainly right. you can talk about, you know, that's just. That's why you needed to beat A&M. Yeah. You, you needed A&M to beat them. Or A&M to beat them, so you're right. Either here or maybe down in College Station. Hey, at least, at least Texas made it farther than the Aggies. Still got that this year. That didn't count for anything. That counts for a little bragging rights. I guess. Something like that. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, when, he, when, he, when the ball went off the bat, I said, oh, that, that's the inning. Because you know, Lucas Gordon pointed to the air and don't pop up. Um, I was thinking, is that, you think that was part of the issue? Because he, he kind of pointed and No, nah, they just never off. even saw no, it. No, they never saw it off the they bat. They never saw the ball. And that goes to, that's less than the twilight. That's the LED lights where they just didn't see it. Do the outfielders use the pitcher when they do point up like that ever? Not or is usually, that just kind of a celebration? Uh, I mean, you know, the pitchers, you, you, yeah, kind of just pop up. All right, getting out of this frame. and you know. But it, it was Mitchell ba- Daly, the shortstop, who saw it, and he was running out into the outfield, and he could see that either, see they didn't see it. That either E.K. and yeah. Dylan Campbell, and that's I mean, so many levels of unfortunate for Texas, but those are two of the best defensive outfielders in college baseball. That I mean, see, These are really, really good players, and if they give out gold gloves in that level, then those guys would be up for it uh, at center field. And you know, sixth-year outfielder Eric Kennedy and – you know, junior stud in right field. I mean, Dylan Campbell might be the best corner outfielder in all of college baseball. I've heard Keith Moreland, who was a pretty good player himself, make that claim that he's the best college outfielder he's seen at the corners this year. Hey, if the, anything's going to make you want to come back to school next year and play again, that's if a lo- loss like that will. I don't know. Get you motivated. If anything to make you want to go to the Major League Baseball is that money because that's of the great true. year that he's had. That's true. Yeah, the only thing that will make you go is cash money. Uh, that young guy, there's that you know, we got to root for the Longhorn roster of last year with Ivan Melendez and Murph Staley and so many guys that you just wanted to root for. This year's team maybe took a little longer, but boy, you, you you kind of fell in love with those guys. And Dylan Campbell was at the top of that list for his you know the hitting streak, which is now in the record. Well, books I think in they're Texas. overachievers this year for sure. I think they were playing with house money even into last night, but that's why man, it just oh man, they're going to win this thing. They're going to get back to Omaha. They're going to find a way. 
with the uh, team that's that's probably greater than the yeah, sum that of its parts. An awful lot about a, a team that that just keeps overcoming things. Well, that speaks to leadership and speaks to the roster that was built and uh, and the communications. You know, remember in the, the communications they had in the beginning of the season, guys, when coach would come on and say, "We got our signals. We're not look." I mean, we got the things on our arms. I mean, just the simple things that yeah. ended up being important came and, a long way. Yeah, they have. They really did. There's no question. And uh, well, that that comes with 20 new players and two or three, you know two new assistants and moving guys around. And right. Everyone's learning one another. Uh, not just the players, but the coaches are learning. I mean. David Pierce is learning to deal with Woody Williams in real time, and uh, Steve Rodriguez, his new bench coach, in real time. I mean, that's that all takes a little bit of time, and that's where you heard David Pierce say in the headlines, um, "You know, if you told me back March fifteenth, we'd be mm-hmm. here with you know one run, you know, one win away from Omaha." I think right. that in a second, uh, and they accomplished a lot this year. But and then when it ends like that, it's just really disappointing. With that in mind, let's dive into our coaches' corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, so that's how it ends. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from David Pierce, Roger Wallace. You know, Buck, like uh, we told you about John Sterling, your Yankees play-by-play guy getting hit in the head, oh. hit in the head, and you were mad at his the lady for leaving him there. Why she leave him? Well, just like Roger Wallace does. Roger leaves Craig up in the booth, and he goes down. To interview. Craig can fend for himself. <laughs> Donald Sterling, four years old. Yeah, come oh, on. I can't fend for ow, himself there. Ow, 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 ow. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> Hell yeah, that hurt. She left me. No, no, go down to do interviews. And the interview you'll hear, you'll hear is Roger Wallace, who caught up with head coach David Pierce. You heard a little bit of it in the headlines, but let's hear the, the full conversation with Roger and the, and the coach. David, this is uh, – David, this is uh, – as unusual and heartbreaking the way your guys battled to see it in like this yeah it's pretty sad i mean the kids just battled their tails off all the tail year and you told me march 15th that we would have opportunity to go to omaha in a one game winner take all i'd take it any day but at the same time i hate the way we lost the game you know just losing the ball in the lights and right in the center of twilight just wasn't meant to be, I guess, but I couldn't be more proud of the team. I mean, from where we started to where we finished and how we grew in our development and our trust in each other, each other, now they just became such a great team and a, a, a unit and became really one beating heart. And then I don't know what else to say other than, you know, you don't always win, but I know this. When you get to the postseason, either you win the national championship or you end on a loss. And unfortunately, we, we, we ended on a loss in a very unforgiving way. The way you guys battled all night long, I mean, this kind of was your season in a nine-inning game, the way you guys just kept fighting. And then in the eighth inning, I mean, you got Lucas Gordon giving his all. Zane came in, gave his all. I mean, Dylan Campbell's playing right field, just go up and down the ball game and then to end like that I mean I know it's an unfair game sometimes but but uh, to watch your guys hug out there must be a tough sight knowing that uh, for this team this is it yeah it is it's always that I mean you have I'm missing the eyes right now I'm sorry but you always have uh, a heartbreak if you don't win it and this team is special I mean they 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 exceeded any expectations and that's Unusual to say when you're at the University of Texas, but that was a heartbreaker, and I just feel for our guys right now. David, appreciate it. Speaking for.
All right, there it is. And uh, you'd run over and sing the eyes of Texas there. But, uh, yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, if you don't win the national championship, the season's going to end right. in a disappointing fashion. And, you know, last year the season ended with the loss to A&M uh, in Omaha. Uh, you know, 0-2 two, performance there, lost to Notre Dame and A&M, and the season was that was a disappointment. You got there, but when you didn't finish it like you wanted to. And uh, I, I give David Pierce a lot of credit in our coach's corner for making the changes that he felt were necessary. And, you know, he's seven years in now, but you know maybe you know change some things up to to put it on a on a course to because if you can build on this and the, as he said this this one heartbeat of a team, yes the roster will look different again next year. Sure, well, yep. But can you build around the Jared Thomases and the uh, uh, the the, the Jalen Floreses and these young guys? Well, they'll know uh, how to come catcher. through some tough times when things aren't That's going right. their way. How to and battle not, back? Not give in, and you know you say the same for Stanford. Stanford sure. played four elimination games. But the, that's a more veteran team, right? That they, was a great baseball team. That was. That was a really good team. I mean, they got and, and their fourth year senior who could have gone to the draft last year delivered the performance of the regional, right? The 156 pitch complete game. I mean, that was really the pivot of the series. And um, but so yeah, I mean, Longhorns have work to do, but you have young pieces to build around. I'll say this for for for, for Texas. One of the heroes last night had the Longhorns found a way to win. It was Zane Morehouse, and that is a guy that you have to be proud of because he has been up and down this year. He's battled. He was a starter at the beginning of the year, and then he got moved into the bullpen, struggled uh, you know, with consistency at both. I know he gave up three runs in that fourth inning, but, man, in that spot when you weren't sure who was going to be able to get you out in this spot beyond Tanner Witt, for that guy to go out there and throw six innings and keep you in the ball game and, and deliver like he did, I thought he was outstanding last night. And then that, that got it to Lucas Gordon, and that's why I say disappointing so many levels that if you could you know, get the lead, you felt like you had Charlie Hurley, and Ace Whitehead, the bulldog out of the bullpen, who could help you close this thing. And um, you're pitching. Think about this, how Texas battled at the plate. You realize uh, Texas' batters saw uh, saw 61 more pitches last night than Stanford did. Te- Texas pitchers attacked the zone, had only 134 pitches thrown. Stanford threw almost 200 pitches last night because the Longhorns were battling and fighting them. A lot of two-out production. Yeah, the two-out rallies. Oh, yeah. And, and I really, at the one point, and it was our friend Ty Harrington texted me when Ryan Bruno came in and threw the four-pitch walk. And Bruno, they were hoping to get some outs out of him. He was the guy that struggled in the game one loss that, that led to the Texas comeback. Uh, he came in and gave you four pitches, no outs, which really flipped it. They had to go to Drew Dowd a lot earlier, which kind of upset probably their plan and their bullpen. And that's when the Longhorns had to gain a little bit of confidence. Meanwhile, Morehouse is over there mowing people down because uh, after that four-run fourth inning he allowed, he didn't allow any more runs. He was just really good for, for 80 pitches and six innings. Um, you know, that's 18 outs that you needed, and Morehouse gave those to you. So really impressive for him. But, you know, now you sit back and you see how the roster changes and who goes where and – I mean, you know, Porter Brown and Eric Kennedy are done. Those guys are. Yep. You know, Porter was a one-year graduate transfer from TCU, and Eric, a six-year player. Uh, there'll be guys moving on, but there will be a foundation that hopefully carries this this grit and this uh, one heartbeat mindset that Coach is talking about right there. And as I mentioned earlier, you're going to have to hit the portal and find some more pitching for sure. But I think year one is a big thumbs up for Woody Williams as your pitching coach and developer of pitching. Remember last year when Texas made the changes. The name everybody wanted was Tennessee's pitching coach, Frank Anderson. Augie Garrido's former pitching coach. He's still coaching at Tennessee. He decided to stay in Nashville, or, and, and, or excuse me, stay in Knoxville and then keep, keep working with Tennessee. And they're going back to the College World Series through a shutout last night, by the way. And um, Texas goes with Woody Williams. I think year one. Uh, but big, yeah, big he understands up. what he's looking like for this program, too, what he's looking for. Well, and now, because that, quite honestly, part of the reason for the change Coach Pierce made was there was a bad reputation growing around that, you know, Texas doesn't develop pitchers. 
the, the pitching development is not as good as it needs to be. And he wanted to change that. So Frank Anderson was a name. And then Woody Williams, a you know, 15, 16-year major leaguer coming in who loves to build relationships with these young guys. And his work with LeBaron Johnson Jr. this year was outstanding. Lucas Gordon, Zane Morehouse, who I just mentioned. Uh, so now I think you can hit the recruiting trail and, and build on that and say, we're, you know, we're going to develop your pitching uh, and you go to the University of Texas, have a chance to go to Omaha, those kind of things. So a uh, lot to look forward to, but unfortunate that it had to end because uh, a trip to Omaha would have been a lot of fun. Absolutely. But uh, uh, Stanford earned it, earned it. And there are lights. Everybody will always cuss the lights at uh, the softer LED lights of the West Coast. I'll remember that game for the rest of my life. Never seen anything like it. Well, I think that's kind of like when it ends like that. Yeah, just it'll let you. It's like, man, I've never seen that before. That was unfortunate, but uh, that's how it ended for the Longhorns. It also ended for the Miami Heat last night in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are the NBA's champions. They finally they finish it in five games. We'll pick that up on the other side. Also, as we mentioned, we'll, the NFL is trying to uh, educate its players on their gambling man. rules so they can avoid suspensions. We'll get you the latest there. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He got a visit yesterday. Uh, where's he going to head? We'll get at that. You got Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, some big names on the uh, free agent market right now in the National Football League here in mid-June. Plus, hot or not for the end of the hour, it's a busy Tuesday here on the Show of the People. It's Bucky and Aaron. The Denver Nuggets are the 2023 NBA champions. NBA season in the books. Also, Longhorn baseball season in the books as well, unfortunately. Saying bon voyage, goodbye to Pat Sajak. Buck. Pat Sajak Bye, announcing Pat. via Twitter and social media yesterday after 41 seasons. Wow. He is moving on. We'll have to play our mythological, mythological hero Achilles cut oh, and all our favorite uh, Wheel of Fortune highlights and lowlights from the uh, past coming up. But uh, quite a ball game for the Longhorns last night. I think the, the common thought is, man, hate to see a game like that end like that. That was just wah, wah. Just unfortunate, bad luck. Bad timing, lighting, whatever. Uh, just can't, you know, there's, there, there's no blame to go around. Just couldn't see the ball. And, you know, first thing you got to be able to do to catch the ball is see the ball. <laughs> if you never see, see ball, it. See ball, catch ball. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, just a tough way to go. But uh, tough team. Coach Coach Pierce talked about one heartbeat. Here's a nice text. that says, hated the way it ended, but was much better season than I expected. Hope the draft doesn't hit us too hard. Well, that's the next phase. And now uh, you can expect Le- LeBaron Johnson Jr. to be drafted. Likely Lucas Gordon, but, you know, he doesn't have that elite stuff that major leaguers look for, but he can get people out. So he's now draft eligible, too. And uh, Dylan Campbell is a junior draft eligible. So, you know, we'll, we'll follow that as it goes um, for the Longhorns. Uh, also, Buck, uh, we'll, we'll have some fun coming up with uh, uh, some other top stories or stories we've missed halfway through this show because it'll be hot or not. But I mentioned the NFL. You know, the Houston Texans, by the way, Buck announced that they're going to induct J.J. Watt into their oh, yeah. ring of honor for that organization. In October, huh? 21 years. October 1st when they play Pittsburgh, which will be kind of cool. That means his, his brother. brother will be there, Yep. which is smart. Uh, of course, 114 and a half career sacks in 12 seasons. Uh, Texans' the most decorated player in their franchise's 21-year history. Uh, 11th overall pick out of Wisconsin. And, you know, he's one of the most beloved Houston athletes of all time. I mean, he ranks... I mean, they never won a championship, but that wasn't his fault. He did everything he could do to try to win one. They just never had a quarterback or a coach. To all get... pro, pro bowls, 10 oh, years, right? Oh, he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Um, you know, three times a, a defensive player of the year. At his prime was his, was his unblockable pl- players we've seen. And uh, the disruptive a force on the defensive side 
you know, and then the Reggie White, Aaron Donald, um, you know, mold of players that just you know, Bruce Smith just wrecked games, and he did it over and over for Houston. And he, you know, what remember what he did with the with the hurricane relief and Katrina and the things that that he helped with that community. Uh, he is an absolute beloved figure. So that'll be a cool scene down in Houston. Uh, another former Texan is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he used to be in Houston before he was in Arizona, and they traded him in that ridiculous situation. But uh, DeAndre is now a free agent, and where do you think he's going to land? He visited the Tennessee Titans. Would you want to catch balls from whoever the quarterback is of the Tennessee Titans? I'll pass on that. I'll pass on that. I think if you're DeAndre Hopkins, yes, you want the most money, but you also want to play for a quarterback that can throw the ball to you. Uh, I guess Ryan Tannehill is still there. That's what they're arguing he in is, Tennessee yeah. is, you know, we still have Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but uh, he's also going to visit the New England Patriots, and Bill Belichick has admitted that they have interest. There is interest with New England as they're trying to give young Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien calling the plays, maybe some uh, you know, go-to, go-to veteran receiver. And um, was, That one kind of makes sense. Or it was Bill Belichick who shrewdly acquired uh, Randy Moss back in the day when he was uh, still had a lot of gas in his tank and helped Tom Brady. Uh, you know, with, with the, the greatest offensive season he's probably ever had. But uh, I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is Randy Moss, but he can he can help a quarterback make contested catches and be a red zone threat and uh, be a productive football player. Because one thing you know about DeAndre Hopkins, Buck, he can, he'll he'll make plays, get, you know, convert first down, score touchdowns, even when he's covered. Uh, the receiver, the quarterback can trust him to uh, to make those incredible catches and, and deliver. Uh, that's what a young quarterback needs, I, I would believe. And uh, Bill O'Brien. Trying to rev up that offense in that very difficult division that the New England Patriots play in. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, that, that would help them a lot. That would help their young quarterback a lot, I believe. Well, you got to have a, you know, he helped a lot of Houston quarterbacks that weren't, I mean, Deshaun Watson specifically, but uh, he's a heck of a player. But uh, now he's a free agent. So we'll see where that goes. Also, we're waiting on the Dalvin Cook news in the NFL. You know, what's he going to do? He's going to play the field a little bit here. But most people think he's going to land back in his hometown of Miami with the Dolphins. But there are other suitors. And it doesn't appear to be the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the, the Cowboys already have a lot of money invested in their running back position, don't they? I mean, Tony Pollard is their franchise player. Zeke Elliott was released, but he's still costing you some money on your salary cap. I think the Cowboys need to. He's still coming back, Ty? Zeke? Coach Zeke? I think so. Okay. No, but, I mean, nobody's going to pay Dalvin Cook, though. I promise you that. He's not getting more than $6 million. Yeah, that's the market right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders is kind of in the same thing. Another uh, name to watch. This is interesting. This isn't there to to percolate here into June. The name Chase Young. Remember him? Pass rusher, Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Second pick of the draft by the Washington Commanders. And a great rookie year. Rookie year, but then injuries. There's he. They have declined to pick up his fifth-year option. And uh, there's talk that they may trade him. And the team that apparently is the most interested, I think most teams would be interested in a young pass rusher like that, but apparently they're, they've had some conversations with the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. Yeah, who I'm, are, I'm wondering if that knee didn't come along quicker than they were expecting in, in, in Washington, that they were expecting him to play a little bit more last year coming off that knee, and, and he really didn't last year. He might, I think he played like one game. Yeah, yeah. and they still had a good defense in Washington. But if you're a Cowboys fan, you'd love to see them trade him out of the division. Uh, you don't have to deal with him moving forward. But, man, uh, if you're Detroit, remember Detroit – got criticized for their draft picks because they were trying to draft guys that can help immediately, mm-hmm. like win now. Uh, we're ready to go. Our division no longer includes Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings are weak on defense. You know, we can we can move to the top of this division uh, with Jared Goff at quarterback and this high-powered offense if we improve our defense. Well, you know, you acquired Chase. You remember, they, remember they, took, uh, they had two first-round picks, and they drafted Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, 
drafted to come in and, and replace DeAndre Swift, who they traded to Philadelphia. And then they drafted the the, the Iowa linebacker. What's his name? Jack, uh, just the, this, the tackling machine. that They, yeah, they could have gotten the second round. Yeah, but they felt like we need this guy to – we needed some tackling machines on our defense uh, that can come in and make plays. And, you know, if you could make a deal and swing a deal for Chase Young to put opposite Aiden Hutchinson, who was yeah. your top pick the previous year, man – and with the, they already rebuilt the secondary through free agency as well. That's yes, right. They did. Should, that defense should be improved. And whatever they thought you think of drafting a middle linebacker at the 18th pick, that's criticizable, but they think he's a walk-in starter. They think he walks in and, and mans the middle for them. All of a sudden, if that defense is improved for Aaron Glenn calling the plays and Dan Campbell, well, that offense is going to score plenty of points. Uh, that offense is going to put up numbers. Uh, last year, I mean, they were one of the best and most efficient offenses in pro football last year. So keep an eye on those those conversations. Uh, Dalvin Cook, maybe to Miami, could be a game-changing move for them. The Patriots are trying to, in the, their own division, maybe we're trying to respond with DeAndre Hopkins. And then Chase Young could be uh, could be available. So we'll see where that goes in the National Football League. I also mentioned the big story in the offseason, Buck, has been the, the gambling suspensions, right? And the league struggling with guys that uh, maybe don't know the rules. Well, so uh, yesterday, the NFL, uh, in an effort to educate players. Can one uh, of the rules be e, no gambling on football, yeah. on, on your sport? Well, yeah, they sent a, a – Is uh, that one of the top rules? Well, they sent you know a, a, a reminder to all teams and to players of, okay, here are the rules and compliance is – you know, you're gonna, if you don't comply, you're going to be suspended, as we've oh, already done. There are the six main ones. I like that. Yeah, the six main rules for players to know, according to this NFL document. Light number one, for sure. Don't bet on the NFL. <laughs> period. 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 <laughs> period. Period. Don't do that. Don't have someone place a bet for you. Period. On NFL games. Period. Period. Don't gamble at your team's facility, stadium, while traveling for a road game or staying in a team hotel. If the team is footing the bill, don't do it. What if you're um, in Vegas? Nope. Well, when you go to the casino, you can. But when you're in the hotel, on the plane. In the parking lot. Don't do it. Uh, certainly in the facility. And that would include like online blackjack or any type of gambling. Number four is a big deal. That 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 comes as a big deal, period, right there, too. Yeah, don't share inside information from your team. Yeah, who's hurt, if a guy's really hurt or not, well, telling your buddies. I mean, that's a, that's a high one. I mean, that that's is a high one. Where that, that, that's what gamblers are looking for. That's Absolutely. The Hey, you know so and so's hurt and not going to play this week. I mean, that goes to that Alabama baseball coach yes. in college who maybe tipped off a buddy and pitcher. They're starting Friday night pitcher wasn't going to pitch and they're playing LSU and Paul Skeens. Let's make a big bet and uh, that got the coach fired. Number five: Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. Period. Hey, period. <laughs> don't go to a sports book during the year. You can go in the off season in your own time. There are no NFL games going on. We're not where you can because look if you're not they can bet on basketball games if they wanted to they can lay a wager on those kind of things that's legal. Does the horse track count? Sure, yeah. Just don't don't do it during the season. Uh, and what they they say the six main points don't do it during the NFL playing season. Right. And number six and final don't play daily fantasy football, which means don't listen to the Wagner Wire on Sunday mornings. Don't listen to Ty. Don't, don't listen, play. Don't fantasy listen to those football. guys. Don't play fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, or what? don't bet on playing. I, I guess you can play it, can't you? I mean, you just can't bet on it. Why would you want to do that if you were in the NFL? 
You, you're living the fantasy. I don't think you need to be playing fantasy football. Those dudes are interested in that stuff, man. They well, because because you know, for a lot of those guys, they grew up probably doing it, right? They're they're of yeah, the you're age. right. You're well, right. Just wait till you retire. I know. Well, that's why they're telling them. Look, you may have grown up in high school playing fantasy football and loving football, and but once you make the NFL, which is living the dream to die's point, you can't do it. You, you can play fantasy football when your career's over. Go back to and it, and you can gamble in the off season. Yes, and you know the money you're making. I mean, how many bets does it take to, you know, especially for the for the really good players, we're, we're paying you well enough to where you probably don't need to gamble. It's fun. It's not about the money. We it's told fun. You. Well, you know, could, no one. There's no one. There's no rule here of the six main rules that says don't gamble. Yeah, golf is fun. You Mind can play. bet on other things. You can bet in your own time, but you cannot bet on the Me NFL. the course. You, you cannot know? have someone place an NFL bet for you. Don't gamble at the facility or in any team team area. Don't give out information. Yeah. Please don't do that. Don't do that. That's one of the top ones. He is don't give out information on your team about who's hurt and who's not hurt. Because people are seeking that information. Oh, that's exactly what they want. Well, that goes to something you've known a long time. What happens in our locker room stays yes, in our locker room. Absolutely. Don't, don't take it home. Mm-mm. Don't share that information. That is uh, that is ironclad. Remember when Antonio? You don't, go, you, don't go, you don't go home telling everybody who got hurt at practice today. <laughs> right. Remember when Antonio Brown was on Instagram Live in the Pittsburgh locker room? That went oh. over well with Mike Tomlin. I don't remember that, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that went that over seems good. like one of the, the better things he, he he did in his career. Oh, that's that was, that, well, that was the beginning of the end when in Pittsburgh. When that, was, well, when Montez that, Burfitt got him. All that stuff about that. injuries, that's what ended open practices for people to come sure. watch football. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, little saw, cell phone. Oh, that guy got injured. Check him out. He's limping around. Cell phone. Um information immediately going out no more open practice look who limped off the field oh man what what happened to him oh we got that on video all right Uh, okay so we'll come back when we do it's the hot or not topics that would be things we've missed halfway through this program ty will walk us through that we'll also continue to reset the extremely disappointing end of the longhorn baseball season last night but like momentum was in the the burn orange dugout and uh, the game ended in the the most uh, most unfathomable way also the nba finals are in the books the denver nuggets are your champs but we'll get some hot or not coming next What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot and not on a uh, what's going to be a blazing hot Tuesday. We know that. Getting hotter into the weekend. Father's Day weekend should be really hot. Triple digits starting Thursday. Thursday, I believe, yes. Friday, 104. Oh. Yeah. Father's Day, Sunday, 102. Get ready for that. Uh, also hot, Stan Kroenke. What's Stan Kroenke? He's the rich guy that owns the Denver Nuggets, who just won the NBA championship. He also owns the L.A. Rams, who just won a Super Bowl not long ago. Owns the Colorado Avalanche, who won the Stanley Cup, the current reigning champions. And uh, he also owns the Colorado Mammoth of the NLL. I don't know what that is. They are the champions, too. Also on SoFi Stadium. Lacrosse. Yeah. Lacrosse. Okay, lacrosse. Thank you, Ty. Woolly Mammoth. He also owns SoFi Stadium, which is the host of Super Bowl, the most recent Super Bowl, and the College Football National Championship, where TCU got smoked by Georgia pretty good. But, yeah, Stan doing well. He's also got a pretty darn good player in Nikola Jokic, who at 28 years old just did something no player's ever done, lead all players in the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. Never been done before. That's pretty awesome. What a player and a rare talent who's, uh, as we said earlier, was bummed 
because he found out that the parade in Denver to celebrate the championships is not planned till Thursday. Yeah, they need to have that on Wednesday so he could get home. Yeah, he wants to go home to Serbia to his horses. And, like, really, he's like, Thursday? Big horse racing guy. He just loves the farm and racing and his hot tub and his kids and his family. That's all he there wants. There you go. He's uh, not interested in uh, Gotta love that, though. The sun. Well, I mean, that's what you say there. I just keep throwing the parallels to the Spurs because he reminds me of Tim Duncan in a lot of levels. I mean, you know, Tim was a quiet guy. Once he played Dragons and Dungeons yeah. and Dungeons it, and Dragons it, or whatever it, the hell that is. It's refreshing when you, we've been dealing with LeBron James and all his antics for the past 20 years. Yeah, single him out. And then Steph Curry was a humble superstar, too, which was fun with the Golden there State There have been team. other people that have not done anything but just actually played the game of basketball. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, well, Kawhi is a no. Operation he, Shutdown. Shutdown. <laughs> Load management. Operation Shutdown. Uh, you know, I mean, the Spurs, Rockets, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki was a humble superstar who didn't crave the limelight. Hakeem Olajuwon was a humble superstar who didn't crave the limelight. There have been those. There have been those. And they're... But this might be the humblest and the most quiet of all of them, and he is certainly a superstar, and his team is already favored to win the championship next year because they're young and really, really good. Went 16-4 and four on their run to the championship. Pretty impressive. Never faced an elimination game uh, on their way through it. Uh, also, sad news, Buck. In addition to Pat Sajak retiring, uh, actor Treat Williams was killed in a motorcycle accident in Vermont. You know Treat Williams? You've probably seen him on all your... Uh, Hallmark movies. He's been on a bunch of those. But uh, he's a longtime actor. You've seen the movie Everwood, uh, Hair. Mm -hmm. He's 71 years old. He says his reps says a car cut him off while he was making a turn riding his motorcycle in Vermont. Sad piece of news there. Um, It says here he also appeared in several Hallmark movies and the Netflix musical Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. There you go. Don't ride motorcycles. He's one of those guys that uh, you see and you're like, oh, yeah, he's been in everything. Treat Williams. That's sad. I hated to hear that yesterday. That's not good. You can pay me to ride a motorcycle to work every day. Uh, I see people on the freeway. I think all of us do. You see people on the freeway, and it's just they're buzzing through traffic, and it's like, man, I don't want to see this guy get clipped. Someone cut well, in front always, of him. I've always had the in- intrusive thought of just opening up my door. No. Just, come on, come on man. Now. They're breaking the law. Why do you think you're better than us just because you have a little two-wheeled vehicle you can weave through all the traffic and create danger for everyone else? Well, for me, I've just been one bit. of those people in my life that I, they make me nervous. I don't. I don't like the sound. I don't like all the sound. I don't what like. What all about the... when you're on like I-35 driving back from no, Dallas? No, I don't even like think ten, about that. There's like ten of them surrounding you. Yeah, well, I know people whole... enjoy it. I'm glad they enjoy the the freedom, you know. But I, I just, they, I'm very nervous about them. That's you never all. wanted to have your lady on the back, just no. holding on, no hair flowing in the wind. No thanks. No. Can I just mention? I'll put this her too? in my side saddle of my car in the passenger seat. Where I'm in closed. That's one thing I would not do is get in somebody's side car. I would drive a motorcycle. I would just be very careful. I wouldn't be the guy weaving in and out in the crotch rocket being a fool. I I do have a bad experience growing up. When I was like 12 years old, I ran a mini motorcycle straight into a concrete wall and gave myself double black That's eyes. what happened? Jesus. Yeah, I just let you know, let go of the clutch, and there we go, right into the concrete wall. Never got back on after that. Hey, can I mention this, too? I'm, I'm, mo- I'm, I'm Mr. Moped guy. <laughs> I had two mopeds when I was a kid. I did the go. paper route. I told you that I made enough money to buy mopeds so I could do a bigger paper route. Uh, but how about this? A 16-year-old, 16-year-old kid has broken the record as the world's fastest typer. Yeah, typer. He can he can type 300 words per minute. They call him Mythical Rocket. He's a gamer, so he's so fast on his keyboard. 300 words per minute. He's 16. 
make a hell of a secretary. Can't write a letter. It says here the average secretary can type 70 words per minute. This dude does 300. Ty, what do you have for us, my friend? Uh, we're speaking about Pat Sajak's retirement. Well, another retirement. In the I guess I sh- he's on the sports world. But Amanda Nunez, who me and Bucky were talking about during the break. Yeah. Uh, she retained her title spot or whatever, whatever they call it in the UFC. But Juliana Pena, who she had two previous fights with, reacted to it by calling her a coward. Ooh. For retiring before they got the chance to have their third uh, rubber, their third fight, the rubber match. Sorry, you don't get it. I retire later. Until oh, I cash comes. I, I, this fighting, I hear posturing. She'll come back again. That's what they always do, right? That's right. I mean, she's, marketing, what, 35, marketing. 36 years old, probably the best woman's other, fighter. This is probably pre-planned. The lady's going to call her out now, and then she's going to respond. Keep calling around until she comes back till the money gets right. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know how this works. When will we see game. Conor McGregor come back to the UFC? Dude, I'm still Will amazed. that ever happen? I still can't believe he knocked out that heat mask. That's, That's part, so of it. part of it. Calm down, dude. And he he has an anger problem. Need to get some of that spray he was using, though. <laughs> Got a bad back. It didn't like help. These days. It didn't help that dude. He knocked out. Wait, wait, somebody said it's completely legal to weave in and out of traffic on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. No. There's I'm, no way. I'm thinking no. Is that a, does that person own a motorcycle? <laughs> Or you can, no, they just do it. I think he's saying it's legal to cut through the lane, like get in between the cars, that that is legal. But, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, what he said. I'll look it up. You could look it up. We'll look it up. Also still uh, scratching our head on that game last night, the way it ended in Palo Alto.